0: Okay, here's the last thing. I, I want to go to the, the first scripture that we, we talked about, 1 Timothy. And I just want to read it again and then go to our last topic. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And for this we labor and strive. That we have, our, have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all men and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers. This is an interesting, one of the most prime, most powerful tools we have in leading people is not our skill, but our example. Who we are has incredible impact, more than what we do. Anyway... Set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and faith and purity. Till I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and the teaching. Don't neglect your gift that was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere, be absorbed in them, because if you do, you will save Both yourself and your hearers. That's the overall thing. We've gone over a number of different aspects that we can just watch and look at. But I don't know about you, but if I'm the only one that's watching my life, even if I'm objective, I'll only have a narrow perspective. Isn't that true? Christianity fundamentally requires our ongoing relationship with Jesus. That's absolutely non-negotiable. But fundamentally, Christianity is a team sport. It is. Now this is an ecclesiology, an aspect of ecclesiology that a lot of people don't really buy into. This church is really growing into this. But if you read Ephesians chapter 4, you find that the medium within which we grow is not me and jesus and i go to church and then i lead that's just anemic ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 through 16 speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who's the head that is christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. If someone has a gift of hospitality, they'll ne- never see it grow if they're scra- uh, scared of people and they're angry at, at people. You can't be a gift have a, a, a fruitful gift of hospitality unless you're in a position to be hospitable toward other people. It's a saying right You can't be a greeter uh, unless you're there greeting you with people right? Uh, you can't be a leader without followers. Isn't that weird? That our growth, our capacities, within the context of body life. I'm not saying the church is like the only thing we should be concerned with, but, and I'll even say small groups. I, I don't know what the small group thing is, but I'm telling you, the more small groups are developed, the more we will grow. I'm telling you. Um, this is where American ecclesiology is somewhat limited. We're very individualistic. Very individualistic. And there's nothing really wrong with that, but we get a lot more done when we do stuff together. We grow more when we grow together. And these are not just cliches. These are a big deal. So one of the ways we can grow is by watch, where we're willing to watch our overall spiritual health and fruitfulness. And I don't think you can... Get a good overall picture of your health and fruitfulness as a believer, as a human being you know, without others. Without others. I got some blind spots. And you know, sometimes my wife shows, you know, shows me what I can't see, but you know, there's some things that only certain brothers, they know. They go, hey brother, this is operating. Or when I get discouraged there's some guys I know that when I'm discouraged they will they will they will help me in a very practical way they'll encourage me they may correct me and I it's my responsibility to watch but it's also respons- my responsibility to bring people in to help me in that when you're isolated you don't grow just say. so to to make this a little more manageable the, we have four different kinds of relation, mentoring relationships or leadership or disciple-making relationships that are available to us. You know, here's, here's, here's who we are. We're the believer, we're a leader. What do I need to grow? Well, I need to watch all the things that I just talked about, but I need, I need other outside influence. One is... I need to have people who are above me. I'm, I'm really talking about people who are in authority, people who are more mature. That's how God has set this thing up, that those who are more mature, who are farther down the road, they're not to control those who are, uh, don't know some stuff, but to be able to pour into so that you know, we can learn. I mean, there are there, there's so many people who are looking genuinely for spiritual mothers and fathers, not people who will coddle them will say look i believe in you but if we work together we can fix some stuff and you can live out way and so basically a lot of christians are orphans or they they you know they're in rebellion not just because they're pr- uh, prideful but they're sitting there and nobody tells me what to do because i'm afraid to get hurt or controlled. but god has set it up for us to relate in certain ways to those who are over us as resources as examples and things like that if we don't have people over us we're missing an important part. I mean, when I, when I had some like bosses in the business world, there's one guy, I was absolutely certain that he's being groomed to become the Antichrist. Gosh, he was just. <laughs> right? But he was my boss, and he knew some things. And even though uh, I didn't like him, he was above me. So I really tried to figure out how can I rightly relate to him in a kingdom way And when at all possible, if I had a problem or a concern, how could I draw from him and get advice and counsel? It helped me grow. You know, we all know that the Bible says we only draw counsel from people that we really like and agree with everything we say. Isn't that what God... No. Then there are people, we'll call them internal peer mentoring. Look, like when I'm with Mike... Where did he go? There he is. You know, when I when I come here, it's like we're partners, and well, actually, you know, I'm submitted to him. But when we're just doing stuff, I learn from him; he learns from me. I share things, and sometimes Mike goes, "You know, you're an idiot," and he says it in love. Goes, That's stupid, you know. And uh, but there's <coughs> my life is open to some peers. Do you have that within the church? You know, that's why men's groups and women's groups are so important. It's not like someone's over you. Say, like, okay, ladies, let's figure out how we can raise our game as wives. And let's do it together. Right? And you know, it's, it's just peers and just helping one another. We need that. I mean, I don't particularly need that because I, I go to men's groups. <laughs> All right. But you know, what I, you know what I'm saying? Uh, same thing. Why are men's groups so important? Men need peer mentoring men need peer mentoring it's hard to find them but sometimes we just need people on the outside look we need either unsaved friends or we need friends who are outside of let's say church circles that can really speak into our lives maybe other christians but not part of our church just have relationship and this is what i'm doing or you know if you if you if you need help in an area sometimes there's nobody in your church you got to go outside and why not get mentored in areas maybe you don't I mean this is a great church in this area but maybe there's nobody in your church that's really good at getting your finances in order well or learning how to invest so what you do is you go to an investment firm and you go I would like to be mentored in the area investment tell me what my options are and it's really good or even go to a bank you can do that go to a bank say look I need help developing a budget you know, and after they go back in the back room and laugh at you, they come out and go, sure, we'll be glad to help you. Um, and then, having people that you're training or pouring into. You know what will bring out the best and the worst in you? The people you're called to lead. Children will bring out the best and worst in you. Um, the people you're called to lead will bring out the best and worst. And, but it's, it's God designs us for us to grow we need to draw from and be properly related to those who are over us to draw from peers and have really healthy relationships this way within our sphere and then have relationships outside our sphere and then have people we're pouring into and developing that's the well-balanced christian life that That's when we're joined together, where we've got people over us, people to the side to us, people under us, and we're either giving or receiving, and we start living out Ephesians 4. It's just weird how that happens. It's just weird how this happens. And that's why I put people, oh, come to church. Why? It's an opportunity for us to get connected. So, I've already talked about the four venues. Um... I'll just say this last thing. Oh no, two more things. The person who has people around them in all four quadrants, who, people who can speak into their lives, they have the highest potential for personal health and ministry fruitfulness. What happens to isolated leaders? They're unprotected. They drive people connected leaders. When you have people, when you have leaders who are submitted, it's amazing how much authority they have. Uh, Again, I I like to say nice things about Mike. I say it the same in private, but in public. Um, Nobody is over Mike or over the elders, but the oversight team, we have a really good relationship. Really good relationship. And we talk and every so often they'll go, so what do you think? We're trying this. And And sometimes the input is worthwhile sometimes it's thank you so much for considering helping us but we'll get back to you later but that that dynamic is so very important i know people who say they have pastors but usually it's less people who say that they're pastored so there's something about dynamic growth for us to increase our capacity to grow as individuals and to mentor and develop other people and to reproduce has a lot to do with how we're related upward, side to side. So, one of the questions you can do is you can evaluate your own life. You can say, Who in my life is in each of these four quadrants? And if you go, I don't have anybody, start praying about it. Start, start growing this. I'm telling you, that kind of dynamic is a little more difficult but it produces incredible results. It'll bring out your gifts. It'll help you develop your capacity to lead and influence people. I got 10 minutes. Any questions? And, and if it's one of those, so when is Jesus coming back? I'll say, let's save that for another time. But if you have a question that is about what we talked about, I may not have the answer, but I'll give it my best shot. Anybody have a question? Yeah. Who said yeah? Nobody has a question. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Say so you don't have someone in one of those podcasts that you're talking about. What would be a practical step to get to that area? Well, um, put on an invitation on Facebook. See who signs up. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is what I have done. One reason is I'll, I'll just go, I'll just ask the question, why? Why don't I? Sometimes it's just, look, I had one and they died. Or, you know, you know stuff like that. But why not? And just just sort of take, take the pulse of my soul. Why don't I have that? All right? And it's usually very simple as to why I say well, I don't want to have anybody over me because every authority I've ever had tried to control me and beat me into submission, and so I'll take three out of four, right? So you go, why? And then you go, who could I approach to, to talk about that? It's, it's usually the, someone over you, like a spiritual mother or father. That's where it's like a little dicey. And you go, get clear on what your expectations are, and then, I know that sounds right, just go to him. Go, hi, you know, I've been examined in my life and you know, there's these four quadrants and I really want to grow in God and, and develop. And I need someone who's like older, more mature, someone over me in the Lord. I was wondering if we could just start developing a relationship. I could pick your brain. I don't want you to rule me. I don't want you to be my boss. But I'd really like to get to know me and I'll get to know you and i like to draw from you. And now what's interesting is if you sit back from who, who would I want to draw from all of a sudden you see. All right? Another thing is I used to think there had to just be one person. Mm-mm. There are people I want to be closer with. But you know, there are some leaders who are, you know, some prophetic leaders that I'm not really close with, but they've got a wisdom, a way of doing things, a perspective I go, I'm going to tap into that. And say, hey look, this is where I'm at and I see what you do. Could you talk to me about it? I mean, you're more experienced, you have more authority in this area. Could please." I mean, it's very humbling but it's always rewarding. Right? Um, so that, I, I would just say, why? Why don't I, without being condemned, and "Then I go, who might fit the bill? And then you approach them not with please fill my quadrant or, you know, or be my answer. He said, I'd like to develop, I'd like, would you be willing to consider developing a relationship where I can draw from you? Boom. Or if you don't have peer relationships. Right? Look, guys, this is really weird. I, it keeps on coming to me. I think there's going to be some, I don't want to say ladies groups, but I believe there's some wife groups, not life groups, but wife groups where ladies, whether they're married or not, whether they, they've been divorced, or it's like you know, even, even some single lady going, to go, what does this mean? And just have a peer small group to talk about what it is to be a woman of God and what's this wife thing. And I, I, I think it's, it's going to have incredible outreach potential. That was, uh, now back to our regular scheduled, progr- regular scheduled programming. Um, but I, I think there's going to be a couple ladies, that I'll pick that up. Um, and ladies, if you want to be part of that, just make sure that there's no recordings of your your, your discussions. <laughs> um, but if you, if you don't have peer relationships, you go, why not? And you go, well, it's because I'm sorry, of, I'm scared of groups. That's usually that, that, that's my I like. I like one on one, maybe one on two, but people, right? And go, you know, okay, but I need some peer relationship. Maybe I can just talk to a because I like him. We get along and say, hey, brother, you know, I've been looking at these quadrants, and I'm not trying to ask you to fill a, a spot, but I want to grow, and I know you do too. Can we start you know, maybe meeting together and praying, just doing life together? Let's see what happens. And you know that's risky, but that's how you start. God will honor those things, right? sometimes, instead of going, I need peer relationships, look, I'm really into hunting. And I know there's, there's obvious kingdom principles in hunting. Right? And Maybe if I get a bunch of hunters together, and we form a hunting small group, you know, where it's like, yeah, we'll talk about hunting, but we'll talk about how we relate to hunting, and you're raising our kids to learn how to hunt, or just how we sometimes connect with God when we're out there, and you can gather around a theme, so you can relate to peers in an indirect way, and it's really good. I'm not saying hunting is. well some of you're going, I got three of them. <laughs> I got three of those groups, but so just taking steps. You say why not, and then go what's available. Sometimes there'll be an interest, or this guy really like him. Or, I'd like to get to know him, or. I know he's gone through things I've gone through. I'd like to talk to him and then just take a step. It's not an all or nothing thing. Does that answer? Okay. Sir? How important is the, the level or the depth of the relationship we have with people that we're trying to lead? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, here's how i'll answer that Uh, leadership another form of leadership is discipleship yeah we're we're always discipling someone you know and many times we think that discipleship is a one-on-one but if you look at jesus jesus he led whole crowds he led small groups and then he mentored one-on-one so there are some people that you will develop a relationship where it's a deep ongoing thing you can't insist on it you can't do it but you know just you talk i mean i've had guys say, i would like to be discipled by you i go okay what are your expectations and and there's no wrong expectations and they say, look fundamentally i i need a spiritual father and you got you have that thing going but i don't even know how to approach it you know i'm not saying be my father but i go okay I think I can do that. Let's develop a relationship. See where it goes. I don't. I don't dive in. You know. Other people go. Look, you're prophetic, and your personality is sort of fun. But it's really your gift. Would you please mentor me in this? Chances are we're not going to get real deep, right? But when it comes to um, when we're leading, we're usually leading a group. Jesus discipled small groups. And usually did it by just here's the vision. Let me show you how to do it, now you all do it. All right And so, I'm not trying to be political here, but it depends. It really depends. Of course, you being a guy, never get into a deep mentoring relationship with a woman other than your wife, or if you have girls, your daughters. Never. Just never. you know? And ladies. Don't be me- mentoring some guy whose wife left him. You know, oh, you poor guy! We'll take care of you. Oh, a woman that loves you. Just don't do that. The mentoring thing is—it's a bad idea. Is that, so, so you—and you, you know—if you don't know, see, this is where if you have someone over, you go, "Man, there's this guy. I think we're connected, and I want to go deeper." How, you know, like Mike, what do you think? You know, how would I go approach it? And he goes, "Well, I want not you take this step?" Hey, I'll try that. So sometimes your answers will come through how you let other people speak in, right? Like if, if you were to say, there's this guy, if I was part of this church, there's this guy I've been mentoring, and I think I'd like to go deep and just maybe establish a, a father-son relation, that sort of thing. I know this is what I would do. I'd go, who? Oh, I want to keep that secret." Well, then I can't help you. You know, that's oh, Billy Joe Ray Bob. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. This is what I think about Billy Joe Ray Bob. Um, here's some ways you might want to be able to proceed. And you go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. So take steps. That's what I do. Any other questions? I have one. What else would you recommend, like, for example, for a church that doesn't have any men's group, women's groups, uh, or I would say any structural leadership guided, what would you do <laughs> 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 all right I'm all right no 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 I, this, is what I, this is what I would do look the way God has set things up the way God has set things up local church pastors they're the leaders of their church and all that and they have autonomy and all but God has set it up best when they have apostles prophets you know mature leaders working in team to help the local church okay so unless you have that in order, you know that kind of relationship, um, you actually won't you won't get the answers that you're looking for. Okay. The second thing is this. I mean, and I've done this. I've, I've done been on oversight, and would you please come in and look? And Mike, Mike and I were we did something together, and I'm looking at this church with well, this group of people. I'm going, this is a gathering of a. Uh, 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 of people, and they love Jesus, but you know something? This is not a church that God has ordained. And, you know, and I told them, that. I said, you're great people, you know something? I don't think God is calling you to have an organized church, All right? So sometimes when you have a church where, you know, where there's fellowship, where there's leadership, there's a sense, I'm not talking about an organization, but it's a fellowship, leadership, some sort of cohesiveness that goes above and beyond what you do on Sunday mornings right? If all, if all you got is Sunday morning stuff and nothing else then either the church is dying or it's dead and nobody knows it so if it's dead then you ask the question does God want to resurrect it or if it's dies, dying you ask the question does God want to just let it die and, and maybe start something else with a better foundation. But I mean, I, I, I could never answer the specific unless I was like boots on the ground and talk about it. But these are like, th- these are like really weighty things because people are involved. Um, but sometimes you just got to make the call. So that's wow, that was like heavy. <laughs> but no look. I've been to churches that, you know, God ask, you know, God asks me, can these dry bones live? And I'm smart enough to go, oh, God, only you know. Amen. I mean, my opinions do not count. And said, so, well, breathe life into them, right? Okay. Or, I mean, I've had God say, right, just, just let it die and be kind to the people. Tell, tell them that they're dying get their affairs in order, (laughs) that the church is dying.